1: Ball hawk show. What up? What up? What up, though? Ball hawk show. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers in ball shorts, coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trapdoor is supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know.
0: What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show Podcast. I'm your host, Amar Hawkins. Appreciate you rocking with me on this episode of The Ball Hawk. Show before we get started. Shout out to my sponsors. First, Able Insurance. Go to ableinsurance.net for all your insurance needs. Uh, home, business, auto, life, anything you need, able Insurance would definitely take care of you. Billy and Charlene White. Go see them if you're right here in the Charlottesville area on Rile Road. Go to Abrainsurance.net for All the contact numbers that you need and tell them the ball hawk sent you. Also, if you're looking for a place to stay, you're looking to reinvest in some property. Holler my man, Connor Murray Realtor and Connor Murray Real Estate. So if you go to Instagram, follow him at Connor Murray Real Estate. And if you have a Facebook page, look up Connor Murray Realtor. Get in contact with him. Tell him that the ball hawk sent you here. Take care of you. Get you situated. And your place to stay here in the Charlottesville area. And also, if you love watching sports and you love to make friendly wages, go to CrowCookies.com and make that a part of your wage. Because losing never tasted so good. Go to CrowCookies.com. Check out their assortment of cookies. And again, tell them the Ball hawk sent you. Shout out to the sponsors. If you want to become a sponsor of the Ball Hawk Show, um, contact me through my website modhawkins.com Any time somebody uh, uses that contact us feature, it goes right to my email, and I get back to you. So let's jump right into it, man. This episode is dedicated to the Wahoos first game versus the Pitt Panthers on the road. Um, opening up with an ACC game on the road versus a team that they never defeated. And um, if this is your first time listening, anytime I do a recap, I love to uh, go over the numbers first, have some post-game notes, and then I get into the analytics. So, if you're looking for straight analytics, you can fast forward. I don't know how many minutes, but, you know, the analytics is at the the end of me breaking down this game. But first, let's jump into the numbers, man. You know, we love to go over just the team stats first, individual stats, and then some post-game notes. So, Let's see where we'll start. I had to pulled up and I just lost it messing with y'all. Um here we go. So UVA won by a score of thirty to fourteen. Um here we go. Got the team stats up. Thanks for bearing with me. So, when we look at first downs, UVA had 20 first downs to Pitt's 15. Ten of those first downs came by way of rushing, seven by passing, and three by penalty. Uh, Net rushing yards, UVA had 129. Pitt had 78 passing. UVA had 181, and Pitt had 185 yards. So, total offense, UVA got the upper hand, 310 yards of total offense, Uh, Pitt was limited to 263 yards of total offense. Pitt had that much rushing yards last year when it came to Charlottesville, so it it definitely demonstrated that uh, UVA uh, showed that depth at defense and their upgrade at defensive line because of health and also the addition of Jawan Briggs and and Bernie. Um, And then Pitt ran – a different offense but i'll get to that in the analytical part um when you look at miscellaneous time of possession jumped out at me uva had the ball 34 minutes and 16 seconds to pitch 25 minutes and 44 seconds so pitch defense wasn't used to being on the field a lot and anytime they won ball games last year uh pitt dominated the time of possessions due to that running attack so um you definitely saw the difference when UVA maintained possession longer and made that defense work. Um, third down conversions, UVA, which is seven to 15, just under 50%, while Pitt was seven of 16. We didn't go for it, go for it on any fourth downs. Red zone scores uh, and chances. We were five of five, two touchdowns, three field goals, while Pitt was two of two. We had 14 sacks to pitch three sacks. And... Uh, We were three or four on field goals, while Pitt was 0 for 1. We jump into the individual stats. Bryce Perkins was 20 of 34 for 181 yards, passing two touchdowns, no interceptions, with a long of 33. Kenny Pickett was 21 of 41, 185, one touchdowns, two interceptions, with a long of 59. Go to Virginia's Russian, Wayne, the Samoan slasher, Tuala Papa had 10 carries for 66 yards. That's 6.6 yards a pop with one touchdown, 14-yard long, and that 10-yard touchdown to seal the victory. At the end of the game where I felt like he made some um, dynamic cuts and and showed just his body lean and and his balance because he was bouncing around like a pinball en route to that touchdown. And that was an impressive run. Actually looking at that on film, man, just seeing his vision, um, short, choppy steps that he used, keeping his balance, low center of gravity. So I was definitely impressed by the Samoan Slasher. And I'll talk about it more on the analytical breakdown. Bryce Perkins had 18 carries for 70 yards. Um, He really had 18 carries for 96 yards, but he lost 26. I'm sorry. His net was 44, so he had 70 but he lost 26, and his net was 44. His long was 27, averaged 2.4 yards a carry, but that factors in um, sacks. P.K. Kier had five carries for 19 yards, averaged 3.8 yards a carry, had a long of seven. When you go to pit, A.J. De- Davis had eight carries for just 25 yards, Uh, Todd Sibley Jr. had seven carries for just 23 yards, and Kenny Pickett had 12 carries for 16 yards. And the reason why he had 12 carries is because of the scrambles and the sacks. So um, when you look at the rushing discrepancy from UVA, and a lot of fans I know were talking about how Bryce Perkins had 18 carries, scrambles factor in and sacks factor in. So that can be a little skewed. But definitely um, when you look at the Florida game, We had 34 passing attempts and 33 rushes, so UVA was definitely balanced. Uh, Pitt had 41 passes and 30 rushes. You probably count on your hand maybe once last year where Pitt had more passing attempts than rushing attempts. So um, it just goes to show that Mark Whipple's offense is still a work in progress. Uh, But like I said, I get into the analytics. I'm I'm trying to jump. So let's go to receiving yards. Hasis Dubois led us in yards for 45 yards. Joe Reed led us in receptions with seven receptions. Uh, Terrell Chapman had a big 33-yard catch in his first game as a Wahoo. Uh, Terrell Jana had three catches for 29 yards. Tanner Cowley had two catches for 27 yards. Chris Sharp, two catches, eight yards, and a touchdown. And – The Samoan Slasher had one catch for five yards at the start of the game. Hasise Dubard had the other touchdown, if I didn't say that already. Receiving for Pitt, A.J. Davis had two catches, 65 yards, and one of them was that long swing pass for 59 yards. Um, French had six catches for 54 yards. Mack, six catches, 33 yards. Tipton, three catches, 26 yards. Basically, the only explosive play that they had in the passing game was to A.J. Davis. Through the air, well, and that was a short pass. They really didn't have any deep passes through the air, and that's just a testament to our secondary. When you look at the defense, total tackles uh, Zane, ZZ stop, led us in tackles with nine tackles, uh, a half a tackle for loss, and one pass breakup, and it's return to pin. Um, Brent Nelson had seven tackles from a safety position. Joey Blunt, who had a phenomenal game, seven tackles. Two tackles for losses, two sacks and an interception, and one quarterback hurry. Bryce Hall has six tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, one pass breakup. Uh, Nick Grant in his first start had five tackles, and I thought as the game went on, he got better, and I'll talk about him more in the breakdown part. Uh, Charles Snowden had five tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, and I thought he had a half a sack. Oh, no, no, that was Jordan. Was it Jordan Matt? That was Jordan Mack? Okay. So they gave Jordan. It was Jordan Mack with the half a sack, half a tackle for loss, and three tackles. And Jordan actually left early in the second quarter or in the middle of the second quarter and didn't return with an undisclosed. Well, it's, it's disclosed now that he had a concussion. Y'all can see that I'm all, I, I talking cold because I was about to say undisclosed like I did during the radio broadcast. But come to find out, they, they said he had a concussion. I really didn't know, and I, I didn't want to speculate over the air without – Confirmation and anytime injuries happen during the game, a lot of teams want to be hush hush about it. Devontae Cross had three tackles, Snyder, three tackles, Gam, three tackles, and an interception. Uh, Bernie, two tackles, welcome back, Bernie, one pass breakup, and a quarterback hurry. Handback had two tackles, one tackle for a loss, and a half a sack. And Famua had two tackles and a half a tackle for loss, and then Noah Taylor had one tackle. So that's all I got for you for the analytical part. As far as returns, um, Chuck Davis had one punt return for 12 yards, and he's very sure-handed on his fair. He made great decisions as far as fair catching and things of that nature. Uh, Joe Reed averaged 24 yards, a kickoff return. He had two returns for 48 yards. So, yeah, I think that's as far as all my um, number, my numbers game that tuned in, I think that's all I got for y'all, the numbers game salute to the numbers game cuz they love the numbers. They just be like, "Yo Ballhawk, can we get some numbers? Can we get some statistics?" Um did you want to know as far as the scoring drives? I no, nah, we ain't going to do that. We ain't going to do that. So let's go to the post-game notes and then we get to what are my thoughts of the game. So post-game notes courtesy of virginiasports.com. Uh, Team notes UVA is 4-8 all-time versus Pitt. UVA is 83-38 all-time in season openers. UVA is 37-29 all-time in ACC openers. UVA is now 4-0 under Bronco Mendenhall in ACC openers. Virginia blocked a punt for the first time since 2017 at Miami. UVA had eight collegiate debuts against Pitt. Long snapper Enzo Anthony. D-tackle Juwan Briggs. Long snapper Lee Dudley, wide receiver Dorian Goodert, uh, Mike Hollins, Nick Jackson, Oluwatimi, and wide receiver Wicks all made their collegiate debuts. First collegiate start, the Samoan Slasher, Terrell Chapman, uh, Oluwatimi, Briggs, Gam, and Nick Grant all made their first collegiate starts. Some player notes, QB, Bryce Perkins finished with two passing TDs. He has thrown for multiple touchdowns in 13 of his 14 career games. And I want to say the, the only game he did hasn't thrown multiple touchdowns was versus Pitt, if I'm not mistaken. Um, place kicker Brian Delaney tied a career high with three field goals, and the field goals consist of 39 yards, 36 yards, and 45 yards. Matt Gamm made his first career interception in the third quarter. Um, Joe Reed finished with a career-high seven receptions. The Samoan Slasher carried the ball for the first time in his career, finishing with 66 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown. Joey Blunt recorded his first career sack in the third quarter, uh, and then he got a second sack in the fourth quarter. Blunt recorded his first interception of the year in the third of his career on the very next play after his sack, which was pretty dope. Noah Taylor blocked his first point of his career. It was, and I already say it was their first blocked punt since Miami and Charles Snowden blocked that punt. Chris Sharp had his third career touchdown reception. Uh, punter Nash Griffin made his first punt of his career in the first quarter for 41 yards. Uh, wide receiver Terrell Chapman had a career-long 33-yard reception in the second quarter, which was a dope catch. Uh, Dillard rankins mind made his first career start at right tackle. He has now made starts in four of the five offensive lineman spots. He has made starts at left tackle, which was 2-21 at center, one at right guard, and now one at right tackle. Just go ahead and give him all the spots and start him at left guard next game. And Jawan Briggs started at defensive tackle. Um, he's the second straight two freshman. starting on the defensive line last year. Jordan Redman started against Richmond. All right, so let's get into Ballhawks' take of the first game of the season now at the 14-minute mark. What are my thoughts on the game? First of all, I thought overall for the first game, very, very encouraging, very, very good defensively. Uh, You know, we won the coin toss, elected to – defer. So we kicked off and put our defense defense on the field and lo and behold, Pitt comes out and they don't run the ball. They try to throw the ball. Which with Mark Whipple as a new offensive coordinator, I figured it would go down like that. And UVA came out, um they tried a quick screen, they tried a smoke screen. Hall did a good job of sensing that and, and forcing the quarterback to throw the ball into the dirt. Um, then they tried a deep ball and I think Devontae Cross came from the backside hash disguising to help Nick Grant, who was beat on the inside post. Um, and then the third play, they tried another smoke screen, I believe. And we got our hands on the ball. Maybe we got our hands on the ball and then we flushed him out. Anyway, we got a three and out, which was dope. And then our offense got the ball, right? And contrary to what anybody thought, we threw the ball every single time when we got the football. Short passes, timing passes, getting Bryson rhythm, helping our offensive line. Because if you guys don't know and wasn't listening to the radio broadcast, and I know the TV broadcast didn't really talk about it, if you look at the depth chart, we had Ron Nelson starting at left tackle, Glazer starting at left guard, all of team he's starting at center. Rinkinsmeyer starting at right guard and Swabuda starting at right tackle. But when they broke the huddle for the first play, people got flipped. So you had Ryan Nelson at left guard versus starting at left tackle. You had Ryan Glazer at right guard versus starting at left guard. Then you had Rinkinsmeyer starting at right tackle versus starting at right guard. And then you had Swabuda starting at left tackle versus right tackle. So I don't know if you know what day in practice they started working at these different spots. But what a lot of people have to realize is that with with the shuffling of offensive line positions, it's just different muscle memory, different responsibilities, different recognitions as far as the checks, and you know initially Pitt played very vanilla, so they only sent four guys, and it was probably it was easier for our guys to pick up their men. They didn't run any games, didn't run any stunts, because they were still trying to figure out what we were trying to do offensively. They were using a spy on uh, Bryce Perkins. So regardless, they were very vanilla, and that's why if you go back to that first series, Bryce was pretty much safe. You know, he had plenty of time to throw. They got initial push against guys, and and they might have beat some guys running the hoop, but they really didn't confuse our offensive line because they were very vanilla. But as the game progressed, they started running stunts, twists. They started sending linebackers. And that's when you saw saw the miscommunication between the offensive line of when to pick up, when to switch off, when to allow the back to get the free rusher. And that's when Bryce started getting hit and hit hard. And that's when you started seeing um, Bobby Haskins come in um, and – and the coaches were actually switching positions during the game, and we were talking about this on a radio broadcast, because they were just trying to find the perfect solution and really get our, our, our running backs and our offensive line on the same page. We started going max protection a lot as well, and max protection means we started bringing two backs in besides beside Bryce Perkins, and we were only sending out three receivers when we truly needed to play. So anytime we wanted to take a shot down the field, if you go back to the film, you would see two backs in the backfield, and it was and it was times where we had two backs in the backfield, meaning we had seven guys to block for Bryce, and they would get home, and two guys would sack him because they would run a stunt, some type of game, meaning they would twist, meaning the defensive tackle was starting the a gap, and then he'll rush through the b gap, and then the defensive end. I mean, he'll rush through the C gap, and then the defensive end will be on the C gap. He'll rush through the B gap, meaning they will switch response, will switch gap responsibilities, and then you will see a linebacker come late. And the fact that these guys have been playing so many different offensive line positions mentally, they would get fried. Cause when the live bullets is going, like you could pick up things in practice because it's at practice speed. When things are at game speed, and you don't have that scout guy just trying to make sure you get a look, but a guy that's in the game that's really trying to sack your quarterback, the speed is different. So um, it took us a half to get settled on offense as far as protecting Bryce. And with the shuffling of different guys in different positions, I'm pretty sure that affects our ability to run the football as well. Because, again, it's like asking a safety to now play nickel and go from nickel to now go to the, at the outside cornerback. It just – what you're what you're comfortable with, what your what your body tells you. Muscle memory plays a huge role in football and, you know, once we get guys stamped at certain positions and they get comfortable and the coaches get uh confident in them, you will see what you saw in the second half. In the second half, our offensive line did a great job, in my opinion. They 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 really did a great job. And I feel like Bryce You know, he had a knee brace on. I felt like his body and his endorphins kicked in in the second half, and you started seeing that escapability that he has, that sudden speed and the burst that he has. And he just said, F it, like, F it. My knee don't hurt no more because, like, in the first half, he was kind of dragging it. Um, When we talk about our defense, I just spent a lot of time on our offense. Talk about our defense, man. They played phenomenal. And I'm going to share a stat with you guys about our defense, right? So in the first half, we gave up 177 yards of total offense. In the first quarter alone, we only gave up 13 yards of total offense. Then in the second half second quarter, they had a big second quarter. They had 164 yards of total offense and they scored two touchdowns to take a one-point lead going into halftime. And coming out of halftime, time, I had an opportunity to speak with Coach Bronco Mendenhall, and I just asked him what was the biggest difference. And he identified that it was due to the tempo. The tempo and their ability to spread them out with different formations. And when you go back and you look at that second quarter, Pitt got into a groove with the tempo, throwing sideline to sideline. They basically – this game was basically like a copycat game. If you saw what Pitt did versus us to be successful, you saw our offense – mimic that and do that versus their defense and if you saw what our defense was doing to our offense as far as rushing the passer you would see that our defense mimicked that and did that versus their quarterback so when Bryce started getting pressure Pitt was running games up front and sending an extra defender and or a defensive back and when you go look at UVA in the second half get in you look at the presser packages you would see Bryce Hall blitzing. You would see Brent Nelson blitzing. You would see Joey Blunt blitzing with games being ran up front with Snowden and the D linemen. And and we went to a 2 four, five a lot because they were spreading us out, meaning two down linemen, four linebackers, five defensive backs. And Joey Blunt was basically one throwing hill from last year. He was started at a three-high look, meaning that the safety would see the, the quarterback would see three safeties. He would jump down in the box, and he would pick and choose which side. Either he would blitz off the edge, either he would start off the edge, and then he would loop all the way into the A-gap right into his face. Like, Joey Blunt was very savvy, and um, it was fun watching him play, man. I mean, he learned from the great Quinn Blandon, and Quinn said, you know, he told me before the first game last year that the kid could be special. And, you know, the main thing with Joy is just health. Health is his biggest opponent right now because when he's healthy he's phenomenal and then you got to do like Devontae Cross look I'm gonna tell you something about 15 15 is Ken Griffey Jr. back there as a free safety that kid can go from the back hash disguise from eight yards from the line of scrimmage and that snap of the ball when I tell you he can delay and then get to that deep post to help the field corner on that post in time because Picky was throwing some scuds, like he was letting it go, and Devontae was tracking that ball. So shout-out to Devontae Cross, shout-out to his development, and that goes to Nick Howell and, you know, how he rep- prepares these guys because Devontae Cross showed me, man, he – the kid is special when it comes to playing that deep half, deep third. Um, he He's a true free safety in, in every aspect, and, and we need that because I feel like Brent Nelson is a kid that – plays the nickel very well. He plays the slot very well, has a knack for the football. He uh, tackles well. And then you got Joey Blunt, who's that that uh, ace in the hole that could do everything. Like, Joey could do everything. I think his strong suit is really playing in the box and being like a Palomao, a guy that just makes tackles and uh, reads the quarterback's eyes because he has, you know, genera- I always say he had generational instincts as far as knowing when to uh, pattern and read knowing the gaps to shoot to make tackles and things of that much so um then we talk about Bryce Hall he got challenged maybe once legit challenged um it was a miscommunication when you had that wide open receiver in the fourth quarter and Bryce was chasing so Bryce you know was initially playing man um it was it was it was a slot on his side and as he was pedaling he noticed that the slot receiver ran a ran a quick out and he tried to what we call banjo, meaning he tried to pass off his guy to Devontae Crawl since Devonte was deeper and Bryce felt like he can get to the out closer. But I don't know if he, you know, really reminded Devontae about the alert banjo because even the when Bryce tracked the kid down and the kid kind of dropped it but Bryce may may have been able to smack it out of his hands Bryce said my fault so he blew that banjo call or or that game between him and Devonte, and you know When folks say he got caught flat-footed, he was really trying to drive. He really was driving on the quick out from the slot receiver, and he was pointing to Devontae. And it was similar to when the tailback caught the swing pass. They went um, offset to the boundary with a slot receiver. They motioned the Z receiver. We called it a Zen motion, Z-N motion, meaning he's going to motion towards the slot or the the tight uh, receiver. And at the snap of the ball, Bryce Hall's, receiver went on an under route and then joy blunt receiver from the backside was coming on under route <clears throat> and Devontae cross saw i think no yeah so what happened was pitt beat us and i'm looking at it right now pitt just had had us outnumbered because you had a crossing route leaving bryce hall's area but you had a slot guy running basically a deep dig and then you had the back coming out on a swing and the only reason why we actually end up tackling that back is because Joey Blunt was following uh, under route a mess route from the front side and he recognized the ball had been thrown and he chased the back down. So they they caught us in that. They actually had one more guy than we had because we actually triggered our, off, our outside linebacker that was responsible in a sense to of covering the back. So with the trigger of the outside linebacker, they basically had us outnumbered and it was a perfect call. It wasn't a blown coverage. At first I thought it was a blown coverage, but it was actually a perfect call because you had Bryce, you know, either passing off the under route that was going away from him. And then he had to, in a sense, go next level, climb up to number two, which was a deep dig. And that was going to take him away from the boundary. And then you had the tailback wide open. So Pitt, hit us with that call, and then anytime we saw a pit in that formation from any point forward, we made sure our linebacker didn't trigger. So um, so defensively, man, you know, three of our four sacks came from our defensive backs. I felt like we did a lot of things up front. Uh, we showed our depth. Uh, game at linebacker demonstrated that he can, you know, get to the buzz area. I think Zane Zandere had a great game, man. That kid flies around. Um, The interference call was a little iffy, but he covers a lot of ground. And when Zane gets to you, man, he thuds you. Like, he he hits you. Um, I thought Briggs did a very good job of the plays that he was in of being stout, not giving ground, using his hands. He gets off the ball very well. He stays square. He two gaps well. Bernie, man, that kid can play, man. I th- I just think our front seven in, in general did a very good job in the run game of understanding Uh, Lane integrity, gap integrity, understanding which shoulder to use, understanding whether free blocker, free unblock player was at, filling gaps, not overrunning plays, being sound in tackling, and really getting to the football. So defensively, I think, you know, we can be very special. Teams are going to go at Nick Grant. Nick Grant understands that. I thought Nick Grant started off very shaky, which is, you know, which you know, your first game starting at, at corner you're going you're opposite of all American the number one defensive player according to PFF so teams are going to come at you and the one thing I can say about Pitt that they did versus Nick that was very smart is that instead of uh, lining up at your, tr- at your traditional um, alignment meaning two and three yards from the numbers when you have a lot of field and guys could be it could, it's easier to help you they did a lot of tight alignment versus Nick so it really put him on the island so at the snap of the ball the receiver could always give him a stem but when they would stem him it can open up the post lane that much quicker because if he doesn't wee pedal and stay square with the receiver they could just run speed outs on him and he's always chasing so Nick would do a great job of we pedaling staying square maintaining his outside shoulder integrity but in a sense that but the fact that they started off at a tight alignment, all they were doing was opening up the skinny post and making it a bang post, meaning they didn't really have to give them anything. They just turned their head and they've widened them out and it's a harder and it's a harder route to cover, especially when this is your first ever collegiate start. So I thought he did very well when they ran comebacks on him. I thought that he did very well when they ran speed outs and I thought like I said, as the game progressed, you can see the matrix start to take place. And, you know, I worked out with Nick a couple of times, and I told him the more and more snaps that he has under his belt, the more that red pill would kick in, meaning the game would start to slow down. It's not as slow as it is for, for Bryce Hall because he has all that experience, but I saw at a, a point in the game to when Gam got the interception, Nick Grant would have actually picked off he would have picked off that comeback because he was on it as well. And I started to see his pedal go from very fast and getting that, well, I started to see his pedal go from being very slow and indecisive to quick and decisive and understanding what they were trying to do to him. So I you know, a lot of teams will come at him, but I feel like the more we go up against teams who throw the ball. So we go up against Wilma Murray next. If Wilma Murray comes out and they want to throw the ball a lot, that helps him out. So when we go against the Florida States with the big time receivers and the big arm um, quarterback, the more game bullets he has under his belt, the better he would be. And as a DB, you need more reps. Point blank, period. You could be as special as you want in practice, but you need more live reps. And um, I, I, I like what I saw from Nick because he got better as the game went on, he wasn't scared. He wasn't just opening up his hips and giving receivers, you know, uh, open invitation to race. He was he was standing his back pedal as long as possible. Like I told him, the longer you stand your pedal, the more you're winning, as long as you maintain that initial cushion. And he did that Um, offensively. I know a lot of folks want to see the Samoan Slasher. Get more touches. I do as well. I know that everybody wants to see Joe Reed get more touches, see DeBois get more touches, see what Chapman could do down the field, Janna. That's just the excitement, and it just shows the depth in the various weapons that we have on offense. And after the first game, we just got to get things cleaned up on the offensive line. Um, we, we don't want to see Bryce take as many hits. And uh, that's all I think I got for y'all, man. Um, Tavares Kelly and Billy Kemp, didn't play. They were suspended. So when they come back now, you have to give them touches as well. So we have a plethora of touches. The receiving core is better this year because they have a year of maturation. You lose a dynamic guy in the, Lama, the kids. In a sense, you gain two guys um, and Chapman and Brissette and Brissette didn't travel as well. So you gain more depth with the, Dynamic loss, the legendary loss of Alameda kids who actually made the 53-man roster. Is it 52, 53? It made the opening day roster for the Falcons. So salute to him. Salute to Jordan Ellis on the practice squad. Salute to Chris Peace, who made the active roster. Salute to uh, my man Quinn Blandon on the practice squad for the Panthers. Uh, Smoke Mazel on the practice squad for New Orleans. Maurice Kennedy. And I want to say... Applefield both made the practice squad. I know Maurice has been on the opening day the past couple years with the Ravens, but he's on the practice squad now. Of course, Ann Harris um, made the roster for uh, Atlanta. Darius Jennings made the roster for Tennessee. Is anybody else I'm forgetting? Please forgive me. But, um, yeah, that's all I got for man. It's the ball hawk. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. Offensively, I feel like the sky's the limit. And I feel like our offensive line would definitely pass things up. Um, I know a lot of fans want to see the Samoan Slash to get more touches and our bats get more touches. At the end of the day, man, I just finished watching Jalen Hurd yesterday run like crazy, Run for 176 yards. You know you you know, you know the old saying, damn it if you do, damn it if you don't. If, if, if Bryce is running around, and he getting a bunch of yards. He's not getting hit. We don't care if he's running the ball. But I think majority of the time we're just saying we, we like Bryce running the ball. We just don't want to see him take unnecessary hits. But I really like the Silmore Slasher, man. I really like our rotation that the coaches use for our backs for the first game. It was just the first game. So everybody has to get in the groove. And as the season progress, 21 will most likely be the back that – has the majority of the carries, period, meaning more carries than Bryce. In the perfect world, you just wish that when Bryce carries the ball, it's for big plays, and you let the Samoan Slasher do what he do. But the one thing I like about the Samoan Slasher is he has sudden quickness, great body lean, body control. He gets lost in behind the linemen. But his vision is second to none. Cause his vision is when he sees something pop, he pops right through it. Jordan Ellis was a bruiser. Like Jordan when he ran those dive plays, Jordan, his main thing was I'm gonna make a hole. Wayne main mindset is I'm gonna bounce off a of I'm gonna bounce off into the hole. Meaning he'll he'll press the A gap into the back of a lineman, but he has the wherewithal to when he sees a crease, he'll jump right into it. And he was quick. He's quick enough and savvy enough that when somebody has a a bead on him, he doesn't go down. Um, if you saw the first catch that he had at a game, Paris Ford had a had an open hit, like a knockout hit on him and Wayne just bounced off of him. And um, I'm, I'm excited about the Samoan Slasher, man. definitely is. So I'm not going to talk y'all head off anymore, man. It's the Ballhawk Show. Thank you for tuning in. Go to sthujuice.com if you want some Shut the Hell Up Juice of Pearl. Salute to all the fans that traveled to Pitt, man. It was definitely refreshing to see you guys in the opposite end zone um, for where the players came out. You guys are about to jump or trying. Um Definitely appreciate your support, man. Appreciate everybody's excitement for the season this year. Uh, and I pretty and look man any feedback is always great feedback so um go to amiahhawkins.com go to the contact us section shoot me a line it goes right to my email and I definitely get back to you It's a ball Hawk uh-huh. I'm out
1: I want the whole world spin my record Sharo the hoodie Styles check game stay free records oh, show the girl fairly in a massage Bad news, even be massaging I got a fitty head, I be massaging Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging I got a speedboat constantly cause I massage I coming through about a whole economy lodge. I be massaging, I be massaging I'm coming through a catalyst and massaging Yeah, I post constantly massaging I got GPSs, I be massaging I catch a bitch, cause I'm massaging I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Tread out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging. I got ice around my neck, cause I'm massaging. Or even gold teeth, I massaging. A pinky being iced out, cause I'm massaging. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty two cents, and be massaging. I take a penny, and be massaging. I take a shorty girl, a I be massaging. you big two i be been massaging, I've been massaging, I've been massaging, I got a GPS stern with massaging, whole shit road chain be massaging, I got a oozy, Uzi, I've been massaging, I got a 12 gauge pump I massage, I got a hundred thousand I massage, Ain't broke, I've been massaging, I stay paid, I've been massaging, I stay late, I've been massaging, I hit the pool all night cause I'm massaging, she wanna come through loaded and massage, whole shit i be massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, chateau Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game. Oh, how to get rich? Take a penny and flip a penny. The 40 billion. Huh? Why I be massaging? What? car wheel, I be massaging, the whole, the whole label of the state free records in the VA, oh, we be massaging, let's have a money shot.